Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I'm Jordan Hall, and as always, I'm joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We hope everyone had a great holiday. Happy New Year. The calendar has officially turned to 2022 for the Flyers, so we're going to jump into all kinds of fun. We're going to look at one surprise on the good side of things that we had in 2021, and one surprise on the bad side of things. And then we will look ahead to the Flyers finishing up this road trip. What will deem it a success? What will deem it a failure? Uh, So we have plenty of fun here. Joe, let's get right into it. Give us your good surprise for these Flyers in 2021. What surprised you in a good way? Um, You know, I I think there's a couple of them, but I I would say the – my good surprise, and I sort of hesitate to call it a surprise, but it's just how solid Carter Hart has bounced back. Um, you know, he obviously struggled last season. Um, everything about him was different last year. His demeanor after games, um, I mean, certainly his demeanor on the ice. I mean, we all remember the game when he broke the stick, you know, over the net after the game and all that sort of stuff. And that was very unlike the guy we had gotten used to. And this year he sort of uh, almost without missing a beat came back and and reverted back to the guy from the bubble playoffs who, you know, became – but the third goalie to have back-to-back shutouts in the history of the team. And um, really, you know, looked like that guy, that confident goaltender that the Flyers needed, certainly, and that, um, you know, that we got to know up until that point. And I, I – so I don't know that I would, was expecting him to bounce back in a seamless fashion like he seems to have. Now, of course, he – landed on the COVID list. So we'll, you know, hopefully that doesn't derail anything um, as he returns, uh, hopefully for the Anaheim game. Um, But I really would say, you know, how almost it, it, it almost seemed like a light switch and he switched it and went back to the guy from two seasons ago. And, you know, I would say that would be my, definitely my positive surprise for this season. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, Carter Hart has certainly had a turnaround, and that's huge news for the Flyers. Joe, I'm with you. I really hope that uh, the his bout with COVID doesn't, you know, derail his season at all. It's really early, and I don't think it will, uh, but it, it is a shame. It's a, it's, you know, he's gone quite a bit of time now. Um, you know, without playing. And we, as we all know, goalies like to, like they like to be on the ice. They like to see shots. They like to get into routines. 
And uh, this is certainly an abnormal routine for like the middle of the season, but Carter Hart has been massive, absolutely. Yeah, Joe, for me, I'm going to say it kind of goes in with a bad surprise, but also obviously it has led to a really good one. Uh, I think a good surprise is that Travis Sanheim, I think you can argue, has been the Flyers' best defenseman this season. How that is in conjunction with the bad surprise is that Ryan Ellis has only played four games. Uh, I certainly didn't see that coming. I would expect it. I was expecting Ryan Ellis to be arguably their best defenseman uh, playing the most minutes right up there with Ivan Provorov. It has not happened that way because of an injury. Uh, but Travis Sanheim, to me, you could argue has been their best defenseman, maybe most consistent. Uh, I think Ivan Provorov has been better than people give him credit for. Um, I think he has not been. Uh, I, I think he's had a lot on his plate, and I think he does need a really good defenseman on his hip uh, to be that much better. I think he's very reliable. Uh, but Travis Sanheim, I think, is right up there in terms of being the best, most consistent Flyers defenseman right now, or at least in 2021. Uh, he leads all defensemen uh, on the team in even strength scoring. He leads all defensemen in plus minus. He's played big minutes. He kills penalties. He hasn't asked for any power play time, obviously. He he only gets power play time, you know, seldom here and there. Uh, I think he's been very good. Good for him. I didn't expect him to take major strides but i think he's having a really really solid season and if he can continue that uh that's really big for the flyers because uh as we know san Hunt did not have the season i think he wanted last season uh and and he was one of the key players i think everyone was looking to kind of become and take that next step uh into becoming a you know established defenseman who the flyers can rely on consistently so for me travis sangheim is one of my biggest surprises on the good side of things for the Flyers in 2021. Yeah, Jordan, I, I agree with you with that because um, I was very critical of Travis Sanheim. We we yeah. talked a lot in the offseason about how this was the season where Sanheim need to establish himself. It, it's time to kind of shed the young player label and be that second pair defenseman, kind of take ownership of it. Um, and I think he's done that and then some. Um, yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's it's due to partly due to some other factors that um, we haven't really gotten into yet. But uh, yeah. it's he's had no choice but to take on a bigger role, and he's taken it on, and he's kind of he's done it with um, really really with flying colors. I mean, yeah. he's had solid offensive stretches. He's played sound defensively, um, and there's really not a lot to knock about his game. And quite frankly, there's not many flyers you can say that about this season, um, because they, you know, they've had so much turmoil. They've had coaching changes and injury problems and just general poor play. There's not a lot of guys that have kind of escaped that. Um, well, remember that stretch when he was blah, blah, blah. And I think Sandheim's one of those guys. I don't know that he has had that kind of um, part to his season where you can really criticize it. And, you know, that's that's definitely a good thing. So I'm right there with you on Sandheim. Um, as far as my biggest surprise, I would – uh, in the on the negative side, I I would just say that I I feel like their structure overall, um, 
and, and I'm not going to spe- specify defensively because I think some games it's just an overall thing. Um, I, I feel like their their game has lacked a structure to it. Um, in and it appears that they come out in a lot of games not ready to play, and I find that alarming because I don't know that that was the case early in the season as much as it has been more in some recent games. Um, the Seattle game and the um, and the uh, ironically the games where they actually earned points on this trip are the ones that come to mind because the games, you know, they obviously the game against um, LA, they allow the goal 12 seconds in, but the two games before that, I felt like there were two plus periods of hockey where they almost didn't look like they were, they knew they had a game and uh, you know, that that's very alarming. And, And one other thing I will add to, you know, we see he's gone on IR now and and there's probably something bigger at play here but i would say another big negative surprise for me is sean couturier to me was a guy who you never didn't notice him during games and i feel like this year he has become that guy in a lot of games now that may have to do with whatever is going on with him with his current stint on ir um so we'll see about that but i the flyers can't afford to have a Sean Couturier that you don't notice during games. So I would add that into mind too. So just generally, um, uh, as I said, the the way their, their structure when they come out and kind of this appearance of being unprepared to play. And that's, you know, they've had a coaching change. I So I understand a lot of that's going on. So I, I'm, I'm not even going to say 100% that that's a legit negative surprise because of what they've gone through. But Sean Couturier definitely is one for me that stood out for most of the season. And I and several times have mentioned he's playing like he looks like he's a player that's hurt. Yeah. Um and you can't really pinpoint it. Now he goes on IR, so maybe, you know, something has been going on with him and you know this will hopefully get it rectified because again, they can't have him be a guy um, that is not noticeable during games. So true. Yeah. It was the Monday before the Tuesday postponement of that Flyers Capitals game. So the day before that Sean Gattori, missed practice for a maintenance day. He had started to miss some time for maintenance reasons. And you, and Chuck Fletcher came out, the general manager of the Flyers said, Sean, to his credit, he's a warrior. He's dealing with all kinds of various upper body, lower body issues, but he's playing through it. And I don't know what happened, Joe. Yeah, it's weird. He went into COVID protocol the very next day, December 21st, that Tuesday when the Flyers had that game postponed against the Capitals. And it looked like he was getting ready to come out of COVID protocol, join the team on this trip. And it was like, hey, here comes this, you know, Selkie Trophy winner. Could be a big return. And then, boom, he hits IR. I don't know what happened. Maybe they just realized they they needed to shut him down for a little bit and get him right. Because you're right. He has not looked like the same guy. Uh, and it tells you ha- he has to be playing through things. And it really is. Uh, it does catch your eye. When you don't recognize Sean Couturier for a game, and Joe, I'm with you there. There's been a couple games, not more than a couple, where 
I had to remind myself afterwards, oh, what did Sean Couturier do? Let me check the box score just to see what he did, at least in terms of minutes, face-offs, all that fun stuff, because I didn't recognize him that much in the game. And mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, he's a guy that does everything. So when you don't recognize him, it is certainly telling. And uh, that's a really good one. And the Flyers, yeah, maybe they can get him right now. You know, maybe, like, you think maybe they had that battle, Joe, where it's, okay, do we have Sean play through this? the entire season, whatever he's dealing with, the various issues, and be okay? Or do we just get him right now, try to weather the storm, and then have him ready for when, you know, the games really heat up, you know, in February and and, and March? Uh, we'll have to see. That's a really good one, Joe. Uh, for me, my bad surprise uh, is Alain Vigneault getting fired in early December. I just did not see that coming whatsoever. I even wrote when I felt like his seat was getting warm, I wrote that uh, I would be surprised if you didn't see this season through. I really would uh, because Chuck Fletcher had his, the history of not really firing coaches early in the season. Elaine Vigneault was his hand-picked guy. It was only year three of the Vigneault tenure. Um, his first really full, you know, first crack at a full season. His first year, he's the Jack Adams runner-up. The, the season gets shut down because of COVID, then it restarts. They, they come a win away from the East final. Last year was a disaster, but it was obviously a disaster a lot because of COVID reasons. I just really thought Elaine Vigneault was going to get a full season here, and uh, I was stunned to see him fired in early December. I just did not see that coming whatsoever for all the reasons. One, Chuck Fletcher being a patient guy. Two, Elaine Vigneault never really having incredibly short tenures. He typically gets three, four years uh, in, his, in, in his past coaching since. And he has a history of making the playoffs. Um, he does not have a history of missing the playoffs in consecutive years. Uh, and you can kind of say he did it here. You know, he missed the playoffs in year two, and then he doesn't get to finish year three. So that was my biggest negative surprise. I just did not see the Flyers going through a coaching change. Uh, the Vigneault tenure was just, it started with such a bang, and then it fizzled so quickly. It's, it's still, for me, it's hard to wrap my head around uh, how it went south so quickly. And the Flyers are now under Mike Yo, and they're trying to get this season right. So for me, Elaine Vigneault fire on December 6th, my biggest negative surprise. Yeah, Jordan, just to follow up on the, the AV thing, I would agree with you if you said before the season by December 6th, AV is going to be fired. I would be – that's a huge surprise. Yeah. It became in the moment less surprising because of the games that led up to the firing. Yep. Uh, particularly the, um, I believe it was the seven-one loss was to Tampa right before it. Yeah, where it just appeared everybody stopped playing that game. Yeah, and and it almost got to a point where, in my mind, I know I said to myself, you know, I I don't see how they can let him coach the next game. It mm -hmm. it just how can this happen? And sure enough, they didn't. So in the moment, it became less surprising. But overall, I totally agree that it was. Absolutely surprising that by December 6th, he's out the door. Mike Yo's in and, and trying to, you know, put his imprint on this team and kind of make some tweaks. And and like you said, so, you know, salvage a season that yeah. it started off the way that nobody expected it to. Um, certainly with all the offseason moves, of course, um, one of those moves, the Ryan Ellis move is obviously they haven't even got to see pan out yet because of injury. Yeah. So, but in the moment, um, it became not a surprise, but overall, for sure, definitely a surprise. 
No, that's so true, Joe, because – and those losing streaks, when they pile up, I mean, like, the pressure builds. And we already knew Elaine Vigneault was coming off the season that they had last year, a really bad season where he, he pleaded for a normal season. He pleaded for a normal camp. He said, give me a normal season. And, you know, they lost eight straight games uh, and were, I think, 8-12-4 and four at that point. Or, excuse me, they were 8-10-4. and four. Uh, Don't want to, you know, get that wrong. They were 8-10-4 and four and uh, – you know, they, the Fires felt like they should have been in better shape then. And, yeah, that, that 7-1 loss of the Lightning, It's those are games that get coaches fired, especially after they had about two to three days between games. Uh, so that was all like, hey, we got this practice time to really get it right. You know, we had two practices. We have one day off the ice where we're going to really evaluate things. Let's get this right. And they just came out with a 7-1 loss, and that's what you said, you know, it, it seems like you, you need a new voice in there. And uh, Chuck Fletcher decided it was time. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, Joe, we hit on our good and bad surprises of 2021. Let's look ahead to 2022. And very immediately in the near future of 2022, this game coming up against the Ducks. The Flyers are on a four-game West Coast road trip. They are 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and they face the Ducks on Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can catch pregame live and postgame live produced by our very own Joe Fordyce right here. Joe, would a victory over the Ducks deem this a successful road trip in your mind? Yeah, see, I think, I think actually this Ducks game is very important because I think it tips the scales one way or the other. A win, I say it's a successful road trip. A loss, I say it isn't because um, – and I mentioned this in my previous point about my surprise. I, I don't like the way they played in either of the Seattle or San Jose games. There were large spots in those games where nothing looked good about their game. And, um, you know, they were able to win the Seattle game and, you know, salvage a point in the San Jose game. And then they lose in regulation to LA. Um, and it, it feels it feels like they figure out their game. Like in the LA game, they figured it out a little too late in the third period. Um, so I, I really do feel like this is kind of the tipping point for the road trip is this Anaheim game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they can play like they played in the third period of the LA game tomorrow. I think that'll go a long way, um, but they have to be. They can't have the period and a half, two and a half, you know, periods of time of lull 
I'll, I'll call it lull. I don't lack of a better word for what went on in the Seattle game as well as the San Jose game where they just kind of lost their way for for a big chunk of the middle of those games. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think this is a really, really big game for the Flyers. I do, too. I really do think it can tip the scales, like you said. Um, it has to. Uh, if the Flyers lose this game, they get one win on the trip. And uh, I get they're shorthanded, and they're, they're expecting reinforcements against Anaheim. Scott Lawton, Carter Hart, and Derek Broussard have all exited COVID protocol. They're joining the team in Anaheim for practice on Monday today. And uh, at least we know, I think Lawton and Hart should be available for the game. Uh, Derek Broussard obviously has been dealing with a hip issue. Uh, I'm not sure on his status. Uh, but it's looking like two of the three guys could be available for this Anaheim game. Uh, and, of course, they don't have Sean Couturier. But I feel like you need to get two wins of in four games. If you get two, then hey, I, I will absolutely uh, tap my stick to it and say, hey, two one and one, not bad at all. Points in three of the four games, uh, dealing with the absences that they have, they're they're continuing to trend in the right way. Uh, but if if they win only one game, it would it would feel like disappointment, especially given the way they played, Joe, as you alluded to. Uh, they were outshot heavily in those first two games against the Kraken and the Sharks. It felt like they really stole one in Seattle. So if you leave this road trip with one win and you feel like you stole it because you got really good goaltending, I just don't think that's the way you want to feel coming home for some big games. Um, but if the Flyers get a win here in Anaheim, they beat a good Ducks team that's in a playoff spot in their division, uh, then you can feel really good about yourselves. Uh, I think it would do really wonders for the Flyers' mental psyche of, hey, we had a solid trip. We're coming home now for some some games. And we have players coming back too, um, and and Ryan Ellis, you have to think is getting closer uh, with his four to six week absence from when Elaine Vigneault deemed him four to six weeks. Um, his return was going to be right around now. Ryan Ellis did enter COVID protocol, so obviously he was dealing with some type of COVID issue, um, whether it be close contact or he did test positive. So he was in COVID protocol. Uh, so maybe that put a, a halt to his rehab a little bit, but you're thinking he was going to be around early January. So maybe he's getting there too. Uh, before you know it, maybe Ryan Ellis is back in your lineup. So the Flyers have reinforcements coming, which could be huge. And uh, if they can come off this road trip to one on one, no reason not to like it and say it was successful. Uh, but that makes Tuesday's game awfully big in my opinion. Yeah, I, I am. I'm right there with you. And um you know, the other thing is you're not playing – I'm not going to – I mean, Seattle is not a great team. Mm -hmm. So you should win that game. Um, yeah. San Jose, Kings, and Ducks, I mean, these are – you. if you're the Flyers, you're on par with these teams. These are not great teams by any stretch. And you definitely don't want to go into uh, that Thursday game with Pittsburgh. Um, they're they are red hot. Yeah. Um, they had two different guys have a hat trick in their last game, uh, Evan Rodriguez and Brian Rust. So, you know, you know you're going to get their best effort in that rivalry game, and you don't want to be coming off a road trip where you only got one win, in and and meet the Penguins. I just think that would be bad all around. Yeah, and the Flyers suddenly are flirting with a playoff spot in the wild card, and to me, it's insanely early to even look at that. Um, I don't think you really worry about who you're chasing and all that fun stuff right now, I think you're just more right about yourself. You look at where your game is, 
where your process is, are you making positive strides? You really start worrying that, worrying about that. I think uh, maybe February, March time, where you, you really start standings watching. But they have put themselves in that wild card picture, which is again another positive about their process. They have climbed out of where they were a little bit. They had that seven game point streak, a season best before losing in regulation their pre, their last game. So good results, solid process. Uh, continue it. And here's a chance to really punctuate it in Anaheim with reinforcements too. So just a very big game for the Flyers, um, a good way for them to go into these huge home games uh, and, and keep gaining steam. Because to me, I think this season is still very much salvageable. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, I don't and, think it's lost. Uh, you know, we, we discussed this a lot on pre and post game this year, but when you take a look at the teams that are around that playoff spot, you have teams that you're not necessarily expecting them to be there at the end of the season. Um, and and particularly in the Metro, you have a lot of teams that, quite frankly, we just weren't expecting to be in the mix for playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's, there's opportunity for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have to take care of your own business and not worry about the other teams. But the Flyers were taking care of their business there with that point streak, and look, they got themselves back in the conversation. Yeah. So now you're in the conversation. The next step is to establish yourself really as a contender for a playoff spot. 100%. It's all about putting yourself in a positive position in the final heats of the race. And if you can do that, um, you should like your chances, especially when you think the Flyers are getting guys back. Like Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier aren't out for the season. They're not done. They're still good players. Uh, it's been awfully disappointing that Ryan Ellis has played four games. It's been awfully disappointing that Sean Couturier is not the same player right now, and now he's on IR. But you you are going to get these guys eventually, um, unless something totally unforeseen happens. So if you get these guys and you put yourselves in decent position, you could have that full lineup that you're expecting. Because let's not sugarcoat it. Flyers have been marred by injuries. They have. They've dealt with a lot of COVID absences now. They've dealt with injuries to key pieces. Uh, nothing has really gone as scheduled or as planned. So, and, and it doesn't for other teams. But you're hoping at least Chuck Fletcher could at least see his team that he constructed in the offseason, at least on the ice, consistently. And, and the Flyers haven't had that. They haven't had that at all. No, and I, and I would um... – I will say I'm I'm having my doubts about Ryan Ellis. Um, sure. It's just it's it's one of those seasons for a guy where it's just all of a sudden it's like is this plagued by injury and are we going to have him? Are we going to see him at the top of his game at any point this season? Yeah. And I I'll say I'm starting to have my doubts. I, I for no reason other than just he hasn't played. Yeah, you know, um, and you hear hockey players all the time talk about game shape as opposed to practice shape, and he hasn't played, so yeah. just you know. Um, no, that's fair, Joe. And, it's, and the one game he does play, he re-injures himself. So yeah, exactly. Um, that's very fair. Very fair when he when he gets back, if he does get back, um, what kind of player will it be? How long will it take to get up to speed? I mean, you look at Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes is playing and he's still effective when he's on himself, but he doesn't look like himself right now. No, and, and Taryn and Taryn has brought this up several times on pre and post game. How impressive it is 
what Kevin Hayes has been able to do basically just with his upper body. Yeah. Um, we see the other night. I mean, um, you know, I would have loved this to happen not at a desperate point in the hockey game, but the other night when Mike Yo makes the play, when they have a two-man advantage and he waits for possession, pulls the goalie, and puts in, you know, brings Kevin Hayes on the ice, and Hayes goes right to the lower dot. Yeah. And, you know, pots that goal. It was just awesome. It was yeah. awesome to see. Now, if it's not a desperate point in the game, maybe Mike Yo doesn't make that call, but it was really cool to see that happen. Uh, you win the faceoff, you pull the goalie, Hayes goes right to a scoring opportunity, and Giroux makes a great play to find him for a goal. It was awesome to see. And it was almost like a, um, Mike Yo saying, this is my team. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And, again, maybe it doesn't happen if you're not in a desperate spot. Um, but, you know, Hayes is able to go. And you see the skills he possesses on that play. It's not like he put himself on the faceoff dot. He was in the lower circle, not an easy angle to shoot from. And he is the one time the pass from Giroux. And, you know, it was awesome. It was an awesome play. And again, it's it's impressive to see what Hayes can do, not being able to really move the way we know he can. Yeah, you can tell when he's skating, he can't get real low. He like he can't he can't forecheck incredibly hard. Uh, he's, you know, he's had two abdominal surgeries uh before this season started. Uh, the one right before training camp. It was all in a span of four months, two surgeries. Uh, and you see the over the overtime winner in Seattle. Uh, Hayes assisted that pass. That was really nice. Really, really nice play there. Uh, you can see some of the things he can still do. Um, and, yeah, we forget Mike Yo is trying to win a job. He's trying to win a job, and I felt like that was, Joe, a little bit of a, hey, here's what I can do. Uh, a lot of GMs always look for coaches – that can make in-game adjustments, in-game decisions. What can they do in-game? It's not all just about practice and, um, you know, what they do away from the game. It's about what they do in the game that makes their team better. And that was a nice little, hey, I can I can pull some strings here, do some things, and, uh, and give my team a lift. I think he was totally focused on winning the game and not trying to impress his GM, but I think there in that spot, he probably did catch Chuck Fletcher's eye a little bit. Not that Chuck Fletcher doesn't know Mike Yo, they have a history together, but uh, yeah, a very aggressive, good decision that uh, resulted in the Flyers having some life in that game. So, so a lot to watch, and uh, this road trip will meet. Uh, it's the final game here Tuesday. NBC Sports Philadelphia, 10 p.m. puck drop, pregame live before it, postgame live after it, and then Flyers come back home and uh, have some more big games ahead. We'll have all the coverage for you. But Joe Fordyce, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. And Flyer, a big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. Thank you so much for doing this with us. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. 
So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, goal, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com/internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the US to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement, other restrictions apply.